Hello and welcome to this patient education podcast. My name is Damien Marucci. I'm a plastic and reconstructive surgeon in Sydney, Australia, and I'm an associate professor at the University of Sydney. The topic of this podcast is breast reconstruction with implants. It's quite an involved topic. I last recorded a podcast on this topic a couple of years ago, and it was interesting listening to that just to realize how much has changed in terms of the technology and practice when it comes to breast reconstruction with implants over the recent years. So just to take a broader look at breast reconstruction, essentially there are three ways of reconstructing a breast. You can either use a patient's own tissues, you can use an implant, or you can use a combination of the two. So what we're talking about in this specific one is just using an implant. Now, breast implants are obviously commonly used for breast augmentation. And the first thing to emphasize is that a breast reconstruction with an implant is not really a cosmetic procedure. It's a reconstructive procedure. Unfortunately, we as surgeons can't reconstruct what has been taken away. We can't reconstruct a natural breast. But what we can do is hopefully reconstruct a breast mound and there are different ways of reconstructing that mound but one of the ways is with an implant. Now the thing about reconstructing a mound with an implant is that it will never look, it will never feel and it will never behave exactly the same as a natural breast but we can do our best to be as close as we can to natural. The other difference between a cosmetic breast augmentation and a breast reconstruction using an implant is that the complication rate is much higher with breast reconstruction. There's a much higher incidence of things like bleeding, infection, and scarring around the breast implant, which is called capsular contracture, but I'll come to that in a moment. So looking at breast reconstruction overall, Breast reconstruction with implant worldwide is the most common type of breast reconstruction. It's been shown to be safe and effective, and the most common type of implants I use in my practice are cohesive silicon gel devices. Breast implants come in two basic shapes. They can either be round or they can be anatomical or teardrop. In my hands, I find I get a much more realistic result and a much more satisfying result using teardrop or anatomical devices. This is because they're already kind of already shaped like a breast, whereas a round breast implant tends to have a very sudden takeoff in the upper part of the chest wall. And whenever I've used them, I've never really thought they looked as good as a teardrop implant. In terms of the timing of reconstruction, the vast majority of the breast reconstructions I do nowadays with implants are immediate. What that means is that at the time of the mastectomy, the the breast surgeon removes the breast tissue and then my job is to come in and fill up the space where the breast was using an implant. The way I do this nowadays is by placing the implant in front of the muscle. In the past, uh, reconstructive surgeons always used to put the implant underneath the muscle but there are a whole lot of reasons why we stopped doing that the main thing is is that studies suggest that putting it in front of the muscle is better it's better in terms of the cosmesis or appearance of the reconstructed breast there's also a lot less pain associated with the surgery and patients recover much better and faster having an implant placed in front of the muscle this is called a pre-pectoral reconstruction 
Another thing is that when you put an implant underneath the muscle, when the patient uses their chest wall muscles or, or flexes their pec muscles, the implant moves, and that's called an animation deformity. That is very, very hard to correct once you've gotten it without basically changing where you've got the implant. But by having the implant in front of the muscle, it won't really move around that much. In terms of the surgery itself, so on the day of the surgery, basically I draw on you to make a plan for the design of the mastectomy and I also draw where the fold is underneath the breast and what we call the footprint of the breast. The breast surgeon then performs the mastectomy. I then weigh the specimen which has been removed before it's sent off to the lab so we have a rough idea of the weight of the breast that needs to be replaced. A range of breast implants will be available and and I use a sterile sizer, which is like a trial implant, to see which one is going to fit best in the breast pocket. I measure the width of the breast pocket, and normally I need to put in some sutures in order to make the breast pocket a little bit narrower. You want the implant to be nice and snug in the pocket. Then we go through a whole lot of steps in order to decrease the chance of there being any infection of the implant. So we wash the pocket out with betadine, which is an antiseptic solution. We put a clear plastic film on the skin. We then change our gloves and using very careful sterile technique, we wash the implant again with betadine and put it in the breast pocket with a drain. A drain is a hollow tube about as thick as a little finger and it comes out into the armpit and it drains away fluid. We then close the wound with dissolving sutures and then into the wound via the drain, we put solution that contains both antibiotics and uh, local anesthetic so that when you wake up, hopefully you'll be nice and numb. We put you in a bra, which I ask you to buy before the surgery. So it's a bra with no underwire that does up in the front. And when I see you, I'll give you a handout for the kinds of places where you can get that bra. You wake up and you're wearing the bra. You'll then go up to the ward. We give you intravenous antibiotics. So that's antibiotics in through the drip overnight. And after that, you're on antibiotics for one week. The drains stay in until they stop draining, which is basically when it's less than 30 mils two days in a row. Now, for most patients, that's anywhere between one and three weeks. Unfortunately, sometimes it can be longer than that. As I said, the antibiotics, you only have tablet antibiotics for one week. In the past, I used to give antibiotics until the drains came out, but recent studies suggest that there's no reason to do this. Getting back to the selection of the implant which is used, as I said, I'll have a range of implants available on the day of the surgery. And I try to pick an implant which is going to be pretty similar or slightly smaller than the volume of breast tissue you had before. However, sometimes the largest implant I've got is too small or the smallest implant I've got is too large or I physically just can't get an implant in of an appropriate size because of the amount of skin that had to be taken as part of the mastectomy in order to get rid of the cancer. In that case, I'll put in an empty implant, which is called an expander. And the expander has a bit of fluid into it. And it's got this special port that you can actually put more fluid in to the expander after the surgery by putting a needle through the skin into the port. And I normally do that for the first time a few weeks after the surgery. I'll put fluid in until the patient says, oh, yep, that's starting to get a bit tight. And then I'll stop and then I'll wait a week or two and then I can just put more fluid in every time. We'll put fluid in until we get to the volume that the patient 
wants. Then the patient unfortunately needs a second procedure where the expander is removed and then the expander can be replaced either with an implant of an appropriate size or some people at that stage might decide they actually don't want to have an implant in which case the expander can be replaced for a flap of your own tissue. That is where instead of using an implant to reconstruct a breast, we can reconstruct the breast using tissue normally from the tummy, skin, fat and a little bit of muscle. That's called a free flap. There are different types of free flaps. I tend to do a muscle sparing tram which is a type of flap where some of the tummy muscle is taken but most of it isn't. Sometimes the anatomy is right that I won't take any muscle and that's called a DEP flap and I've actually recorded a a different podcast on breast reconstruction using your own tissue. So as you can hear with breast reconstruction using implants my goal is to do a direct-to-implant reconstruction at the time of the mastectomy. The attractiveness of that is that it's one and it's done. But sometimes we can't do that and we need to do a two-stage reconstruction. The first stage where we put in an expander and then we come back and a later stage where we exchange that expander either for an implant or for your own tissue. As I said, I close the wound with dissolving stitches and on top of the wound, I put a clear see-through plastic dressing. Now, the reason why I do that is because one of the risks of the surgery is what's called mastectomy skin flap necrosis. Now, what that means is if you think about the breast tissue has outside it some fat and a little bit of skin. When the breast surgeon does a mastectomy, what they do is they incise through the skin, they leave some fat and skin behind, but they remove all the breast tissue. And this greatly decreases the blood flow to the overlying skin. Sometimes there's not enough blood getting to the edge of the wound that the very tip of the skin will die and it will turn into a scab and that's obviously a very bad thing. So at the time of surgery, before I put an implant in, the first thing to do is to make sure that the skin edges are nice and healthy and bleeding. If there's any doubt, we'll actually remove some more skin until we get back to nice, healthy, bleeding tissue and then we can put the implant in. But obviously if we're removing skin, that might mean we might need to put a slightly smaller implant in, or it might mean that we can't actually get an implant in of an appropriate size, in which case we'll need to use a tissue expander. In terms of then after the surgery, we want to be able to see the whole wound right up to where the skin edges are together. So we'll use a clear see-through plastic dressing, and then we can monitor wound healing to make sure that no scab is forming and that there are no issues with wound healing. As I've mentioned, there is a drain. Unfortunately, you can't shower over the drain. So the instructions I give is you can't shower between your neck and your navel until the drains are removed. Okay, you can wash your hair backwards. You can shower from the belly button down, but the chest needs to stay completely dry. And the reason why is because one of the big risks of surgery is infection. And we don't want any water getting on the wounds or getting on the drain and potentially bugs swimming upstream and causing an infection of the implant. So in terms of the good things about an implant-based breast reconstruction, it's very straightforward. The operative time is not very long. It gives you a very youthful breast. There's no scars anywhere else on the body except for the mastectomy scar you already would have had as a result of removing the breast tissue and breast cancer. And in bilateral cases or a case of a double mastectomy, you can get very good symmetry. The recovery is very quick. So most of my patients are driving within a week. Obviously, patients don't tend tend to want to return to work with drains in. So it's about you know three or four weeks uh, until they can return to work. 
but there are some problems with implant-based breast reconstruction. So the shape and size are never exactly the same as what the patient was before the surgery. They might be slightly smaller. The other thing is because of the implant, there can be some rippling underneath the skin, which can be visible through the skin. That's very common in the first couple of days after a procedure, but then does tend to improve with time. The width in particular is often an issue. There can be difficulties with either poor cleavage formation, or there can be a bulging of the implant into the armpit, which can actually interfere with arm movement and can take a little while to get used to. A breast implant is a foreign material, and any foreign material that goes into your body, your body will form a wall of scar tissue around it. The scar tissue around an implant is called a capsule, and every single implant has a capsule. However, sometimes some patients can develop a very thick capsule. That's called capsular contracture, and sometimes that can actually distort the shape of the breast and even be painful. There is a very rare complication that can develop within a capsule around an implant. There is a rare form of blood cancer called lymphoma, which has been detected in the capsule surrounding breast implants, whether that breast implant was put in for a cosmetic augmentation or whether it was put in as part of a breast reconstruction. This anaplastic large cell lymphoma is something I've never actually seen in any of my patients. Using the brand of implant that I use, which is Mentor, the incidence is thought to be about 1 in 86,000. As I mentioned earlier, I use a teardrop or anatomical implant and they tend to be textured and it's thought to be the texturing that may be associated with the development of this anaplastic large cell lymphoma. There are smooth implants available, but unfortunately they're only round and there are no smooth teardrop or anatomical implants uh, which can be used on the market at the moment. One of the other issues with using an implant is that it doesn't have a natural feel, it doesn't have a natural behavior. There can be issues with radiotherapy. So for example, if you're planned to have radiotherapy after surgery, you can still have an immediate reconstruction, but there are increased risks of capsular contracture after you've had the radiotherapy. Or the other thing to consider is if you've had the surgery and the implant goes in and there's some sort of wound healing problems or infection, and it looks like it's gonna delay the commencement of your radiotherapy, we might have to think about whether the implant actually needs to be removed. And then you need to have your radiotherapy and then you'd need a different type of reconstruction after the surgery. We would almost never recommend putting an implant in tissue that's previously had radiotherapy. And the reason why is because the complication rate and the rate of the reconstruction failing is very, very high. One of the issues of having a foreign material in your body is that there is a risk of it getting infected. Infection of a breast implant can be potentially very serious. The way it normally presents is with fever and redness, and it needs to be treated very, very aggressively in order to try to salvage the reconstruction. In other words, in order to keep the implant where it is. If the breast does become red, swollen, and you're feeling unwell, you need to be seen straight away. Normally, when confronted with that scenario, a number of things happen. First of all, we do blood tests in order to see whether there are any signs of infection, looking at your white cell count, something called your ESR and your CRP. We'll normally arrange for an ultrasound to be performed to see whether there's any fluid around the implant. If there is fluid around the implant, we can actually drain off some of that fluid, send it off to the lab and see what the bug is that's causing the infection. Obviously, you'll be started on very strong antibiotics, usually through the drip. If we can't get on top of the infection just using the antibiotics, we might even need to consider surgery. Surgery would involve taking you back to the operating theater, putting you to sleep through the drip and 
then when you're asleep, removing the implant, washing everything out, and putting a brand new implant in. This is called a salvage procedure. It works probably about 70 to 80% of the time in my hands. And so that means that sometimes it doesn't work. And unfortunately, the infection comes back and we may even look to remove the implant for a period of time. You can still have a breast reconstruction after this, but it may not be one with an implant. You may have to have one either using your own tissue or a combination of your own tissue with an implant. Another factor to consider with an implant is that they don't last necessarily forever. They don't have to be changed every 10 years, which is something you hear often said, but they do have a lifespan. They can rupture, they can flip or rotate. We've already mentioned things like infection and capsular contracture. There can be deterioration of shape and sometimes they need to be removed and replaced. One of the other issues with implant breast reconstruction is that it can be very difficult to match the other side. And even though we can do a lift on the other side, because gravity will tend to affect the other side in a progressive way, you may even need to repeat the lift on the other side at another time. Look, I hope this podcast has answered some of your questions. If you have any other questions, please don't hesitate to contact me through the rooms or via email. Again, my name is Damien Marucci. I'm an Associate Professor and Plastic Surgeon in Sydney, Australia. Thank you very much for listening.